0: The Hello Careers podcast explores a system developed to align business needs with education and training. It's proven to be invaluable for dozens of businesses and people looking to create a new life for themselves. We are firm believers that you must screen for attitude and train for aptitude. We're unpacking our insight to help you build partnerships and earn public support for an age-old way of learning a skill, apprenticeship. We'll address issues such as where there's a skills gap, is there an education and training gap, how do you respond to a tight labor market, what happens when the major employer pulls out of your community, if you're looking to create an apprenticeship program or curious about what to do next, this show could be just the thing you've been looking for. I'm your host, Mark Sylvester. Now, let's get started and talk with the team. Well, welcome back to the show. I'm Mark Sylvester. And today on Hello Careers, we're going to talk about the case for large organizations. And I've got three people here to help us with that. Michael, why don't we start with you?
1: Michael Spikerla, Executive Director of Slow Partners. And who's with us? We have Matt West, Matt West from Code
0: Slow, and Paula Fryer. Hey, Matt, how are you? Welcome to the show. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. And so, tell tell me about your day job, there, Matt. And my day job, I am a software
2: engineer for the County of San Luis Obispo. I work on the web team, so anything that's public facing on the web or in our, our internal applications that are web based are, are built by myself and um, but one one two other gentlemen. And, and graduate from the apprenticeship program.
0: And our listeners will remember Paula. Paula, welcome back. Thank you. And so, in this um, episode, we really want to look at um, how large organizations take advantage of this apprenticeship program. But I understand that you came into, you've got an interesting story of how you came into this program through Meetup. Tell, tell us about that.
2: Sure. So I'm a self-taught software developer. When I went to school, I majored in information technology and originally thought I was going into a career in network engineering. But there was a class in there that we had to take toward the end of the program that was an introduction to Java, and I didn't want to do it. I was like, oh, this is, you know, coding stuff. It sounds boring. You scared, you know, words on the screen all day. But when I was about halfway through the class, I was like, I love this. This is This is fantastic. But it was too late to change majors. I couldn't do something like computer science, so I just decided to teach myself. And that's hard. Uh, it turns out that it's a confusing path. It's hard to know what you need to learn next, that sort of thing. Uh, so I started up a coding group and pretty quickly met a lot of people in the area that were interested in learning to code, and that was the origin of Code Slow, which is now a company at the time it started out just as a meetup group. And we just started teaching people originally just as a community effort, just for free. We would let people come in that were interested in learning web development. And and we'd just train them. And that caught the attention of Michael and uh, Dan Weeks, who was involved in uh, Slow Partners at the time. And they asked us to see if we could expand that effort and come help train apprentices. So how many people have gone through Code Slow? That's a good question. Uh, it's more than 1,000 at this point in time. Our, our current membership and meetup is over 900 members. That's a big number. Especially from a, a town of 40,000. You know, it's, it's a, it is a really large group. There's a lot of demand
0: for it in this area. Well, hence, hence this whole program. So tell me, Michael, tell me how this program came on your radar and how you thought it might help and how that actually worked.
1: I actually met Matt um, when I was still a high school teacher at Central Coast New Tech High, and we wanted to do a youth hackathon, and we came across Code Slow, and I asked Matt if he could provide some mentors for our students during the hackathon, and just the way that he was able to, he and, and his other um, colleagues from Code Slow were able to work with um, these teenagers really impressed me. That he has he has a natural teaching ability and just a natural calmness with him that I think comes from his other um, background uh, in martial arts that really lends itself well to putting people in uncomfortable positions and learning how to stretch themselves and learn how to code, but also getting you confident and knowing whether you like it and are good at it.
0: What would you um, say—Paula, I'll ask you. talking to these large organizations, what's the biggest misperception they have about bringing in apprentices?
3: Um, a, I don't know about a misconception that they have. Well, first of all, as we discussed earlier, apprenticeship is still kind of, people aren't sure what that means exactly. Um, so that is kind of a misconception about what apprenticeship is. They think that it's you know, the government is going to be really involved in what they do or their hiring decisions are going to be um, involved, you know, the government will be involved in that, and that's really— not true. Um, actually, hiring a, a modern apprentice with Slow Partners is really just like hiring any employee. They go through the same interview process, the same hiring process as they would for any normal employee. The, the only difference is, of course, there is some paperwork um, that just says that they're a part of our program. And also, we have a quarterly check-in where we um, Send kind of a survey to the employer asking, you know, how are the technical skills going, um, just a review of what they're learning just to make sure that, you know, that they're learning kind of what uh, the program is intended to, to do. And apprenticeship really is twofold. It's the boot camp, the in-room, in classroom learning, and then it's also on-the-job training. So we also, for any, any business that hires an apprentice, the on-the-job training is something that's important, so what that means is that they have a supervisor and they have somebody who is um, giving them works and assigning them their projects and, and training them where necessary. So a lot of times, of course, the apprentice is going to be ready to hit the ground running um, when they start work because that's what a business really wants to know. It all comes down to money. And so what they're looking for is how fast can this apprentice start making money for me and jump into um, what he or she is supposed to be doing. So having said all that, that's one thing that's important for the apprenticeship program is that they do have a supervisor and they are still having some on the job training for that year long um, apprenticeship program that happens after their boot camp once they're hired,
0: so let's dive in a little bit on that last season we talked about this notion of having the journeyman right that that master level i'm I'm thinking now that I know you're a martial artist, I'm thinking it's the black belt who takes the green belt or the blue belt under their wing a bit so they're not they're not white we're not talking about white belts here right we're talking about people who have experience it, there is though so overhead now to having that journeyman or supervisor Mm -hmm. oversee them, and that might have been a new thing for them. How how do you help them structure that?
3: Yeah. Well, first of all, journeyman, I mean, that goes back to kind of the old apprenticeship dialogue. Um, It's more, you know, what you would expect with a blacksmith. So supervisor is really the key word. And any organization, you know, you have your senior developers for example but then you you just have to eventually fill in with um, more entry or mid-level developers so that's That's the cost of doing business, and it's also a big return on your investment because you have somebody that's come in as an apprentice that has the skill set, has the soft skills, probably had a great career before, you know, but just has a different passion, and the passion is what they're doing now. So you come in with a lot of benefits, and then... Um, train them. Specifically, most software companies aren't going to hire somebody who hits the ground running first day. There's going to be training no matter what, because it's a really specialized, you know, uh, field, and any employee is going to have to have a learning curve. And so that's no different with, with an apprentice.
0: Matt, I'm, I'm curious with the meetup. Do you, do you meet monthly?
2: When we have a class going on, we, we don't uh, have classes on a continual basis. So we'll we'll offer a class like the um, the program that got people ready for our last batch of apprentices. That was eight weeks long. And we met four days a week, uh, two hours a day. And then we finished up our, our last day. They actually have to build a working application in one day. If they start from scratch and they have to build something in one day. So on day one, these guys come in and they a lot of them didn't know so much as HTML. They didn't have any background at all. But by the end of eight weeks, all of our groups were able to get working applications
0: going. Now, what's the on? I'm thinking maybe someone who got a job a year ago or came out of the apprenticeship program and now they're working. Are they still involved in your group? Is there kind of a continuing education or continuing touch points with them?
2: We do. We have more advanced classes too for people when they want to come back and do further training. And we offer classes for people who are already working professionals. Um, and a lot of our, our graduates from our program are now our teachers. You know, they, they come in and uh, we call them mentors in the, in the program. Um, and they come in and help teach others, and, and they're fantastic. We, we wouldn't be able to operate without them.
0: Michael, when you're working with the large companies, give, give me an example of the kind of challenges they bring to you uh, that you can help them solve. What are the kinds of things you normally hear?
1: Well, I think what Paul was mentioning is... The apprenticeship really provides an opportunity to formalize what could be an informal um, training process within of how you onboard and make sure that you have successful new employees. So the apprenticeship adds a little bit of formality into that in that there's a series of competencies that we want to make sure. It helps define what exactly is the progression as well as what's the expectations Of how quickly you learn and what types of concepts you need to really master over a year of gaining experience. And I think what Matt refers to really also lends itself to helping some of the pain points of an organization is where's that network of support? Um, Where are those fellow colleagues that can help inspire you and, you know, share best practices? You know, there's this um, growing and emerging tech culture within San Luis Obispo, and those professionals need to really have that professional network amongst themselves to really, you know, see what's possible, see what's on the cutting edge, what are the common problems that they have. And so that professional network that's really um, Matt is helping to, to support is really important for the businesses themselves as well as the employees
2: who are really doing some, some tough and stressful work. And going back to that point too, um, that you brought up earlier of of ongoing education, I I'm afraid that I made the impression that you know we were getting these apprentices ready in eight weeks to be software engineers, and that's not true. I'm, you know, I'm a decent teacher, but that's a little much to ask. <laughs> um, we actually, it, and uh, Michael did a great job of bringing in one of the best uh, coding boot camps in the United States, in Full Stack Academy. Uh, they came in and took over from where I left off. So the eight weeks that I trained people was just to prepare them for an entry exam that they had to pass in order to go on to a 27 week full time. I think that week count is wrong. I think it's 17 weeks. Um, a 17 week full time coding camp where they're working you know, you know 12 hours a day sometimes um, to get ready to be to do these entry level jobs. Uh, because what Paula said is, is very real. Companies want to know that they're hiring people with a good skill set to come in with. Uh, the organization I work for at the County of San Luis Obispo, we did hire one of these graduates, and there was a lot of organizational challenges. They didn't know where to put her. They didn't; She didn't fit in their job requirements necessarily because they're built for traditional college degrees because coding camps didn't exist until a few years ago. Um, they didn't know where to put her, and they thought that well, maybe we'll have her do software testing, or or maybe we can kind of ease her in with some HTML and CSS. And they were blown away by the skill set she had when she walked in the door. And it was you know, a, a full time coding camp, uh, like Full Stack Academy. There's other ones out there, uh, as well as no joke. They they train really hard, and they do have some pretty significant skill sets when they come in.
0: I'm thinking that one of the challenges—let's um, talk about HR for a second—is there, there is there this investment, but one of the challenges was, is in turnover. So, we've got an onboarding cost, and then we, we lose employees. But I get the sense that people that come out of this program, they get this job, and they stick with that job. There's something that I've just heard anecdotally from the people we've talked to. Is that still the case, that— they're not like, it's like, oh, I get this apprenticeship, and then I go leave to someplace else. There seems to be some loyalty here that we don't see in other situations. The, it,
1: anecdotally, we can agree with you that I think there is that sense of loyalty. Um, it will, we'll, we'll have to understand that over time of how long that loyalty lasts. But, you know, an apprentice getting their first break will create a sense of loyalty— as well as a company who has a good success with that apprentice, Um, you know, they'll look for more and I'm sure they'll do everything they can to keep that employee.
0: I'm curious, I'm thinking now, are uh, the HR directors here in Slow have you on the speed dial when they have (laughs) open positions?
3: That's the idea. That's what I would love and in some circumstances, definitely. I mean, I was eight, eight years in the software industry as a recruiter and head of HR. And so when I came upon Slow Partners and was handed a stack of really great resumes for software developers. It was kind of like the the recruiting gods from above came down and gave me this stack of resumes. Um, It's so competitive in our small county of good developers. And we poach a lot from each other. So it's kind of silly in a way because we all know each other and we're poaching, you know, good developers from each other. And so this really opens up a new talent pool to us. Um, and as long as you're, you know, an HR director understands that this isn't a senior software developer, but it's a person that can get there within a couple years, you know. And so filling in that that um, pipeline for you is is. Astounding and really beneficial to any HR director. It's a it's a huge help in this industry.
0: I think, Michael, that having Paula come from industry as a hiring manager, which she is the ideal client for you, yes, exactly, right. So it's it having her be a part of guiding this program is a huge win, Paula. I'm curious, have you created kind of an informal group of HR directors here that you um, you go and have coffee and you just kind of, I mean, it feels like you should be number one on the speed dial.
3: <laughs> um, I have in a way, but also, as I said, we poach from each other. So it's a little bit, um, <laughs> it's a little bit unusual and I'm fairly new to Slow Partners. I work. But um, as a kind of volunteer, first of all, is hiring apprentices and then just helping out with the program because I loved it so much and came on board just a couple of months ago as the program director. So I'm still working on uh, finessing those connections with all the HR directors. Um, but like, you know, as I mentioned earlier, now we really are starting to have companies that contact me directly and say, hey, I need a software developer, who do you have for me? And so that is an exact example of what I'm looking forward to um, in the future, having that kind of pipeline just come straight towards me.
0: You use the word poaching, and that's where I was going with in a, in a small community. And, and we know as this program rolls out to other communities, how do we um, take this notion that there is loyalty so that poaching goes down? Because right? I get poaching, but you don't want to encourage that. So how how are you coaching the apprentices, if you will, around this loyalty to that first job? I think it's more of helping the businesses
1: understand that, yes, you're going to continue to poach when you see good talent, but there's an additional um, source of talent out there outside of poaching through apprenticeship. And I think that's where Matt West and his Bootcamp prep course that we developed to get more people into the pipeline through these coding academies really presents that new way of getting additional people into tech. And we found that in the the, the first group that went that were accepted into Full Stack Academy, those students that went through the code slow bootcamp prep were much more successful in completing the full stack academy than those students that came from outside of the boot camp prep class and then having this formalized approach of how you onboard people and helping to educate them of a boot camp grad is different from a bachelor's degree computer science grad but you can work with that person there are advantages and disadvantages to both the college degree and the full stack academy Having the, you know, having the employee right there to really help understand that is really the hard work behind defining modern apprenticeship and getting out of the poaching mentality into
2: investing in your future talent. And you do have to have that pipeline. There's a growing demand for technology, not just in this area. What we see is a smaller scale uh, facet of a larger problem that the country is dealing with. And, you know, at the time of recording this last week, um, the Wall Street Journal ran an article about the demand for IT talent in general, and there's 900,000—actually, and that's a small number, it's more than 900,000—open IT positions in the United States that just can't be filled because there aren't enough people. We we have to go outside the box. We've got to think outside the traditional programs because though they're, those are they're working. They produce good people but they just aren't producing enough good people. There's a lot of demand from the general population to get into technology. They know those where their head of household jobs are. Um, and, and it's interesting work. And there's a lot of demand from industry. So programs like Slow Partners and, and like Code Slow and the various code camps out here, we're providing an alternate pipeline to bring in more people because mm-hmm. bottom line, they are needed. You can't just poach forever. If you got 15 positions, you know, got seven people, you know, that's a lot of poaching, and it's still not going to fill the 15 positions.
0: Matt, in the first episode, we learned that this idea of going from tinkerer to technician is is another valuable source of of people. But now, learning about this boot camp prep course, how are you um, finding people for that? prep course because it sounds like that's that's the way to go because I remember in our first show uh, in first season was the number was like a thousand applications for just a few slots. So now are we going to defer to those that have taken this prep course? They're going to be more successful.
1: Yeah, and that was the lesson learned from uh, last summer, we had 75 uh, students take mats and Code Slow's bootcamp prep course. And
2: out of those seventy-five,
1: how many were accepted into Full Stack Academy, Matt? Do you
2: remember? One t seven, which was a—they'd never seen anything like it. They'd never seen that higher percentage of uh, people get in before. That feels like that's a win. They were very
1: surprised because Full Stack Academy um, is primarily based in Chicago and New York. So when you have a large urban center like that, there's always going to be applicants to your boot camp. Whereas coming to a small rural suburban area like San Luis Obispo, where there's 40,000, and if you expand it out to Santa Maria, you know, yeah, then we've got a larger population. But how many of those people can have the aptitude for coding and like to do it? That's what we had to figure out, and we were pleasantly
2: surprised at the effects. It, it's a small percentage of people that that have that combination of desire and aptitude to to do something like software engineering, because it's not an easy career to get into. Um, and so what we've taken in CodeSlow is because we, we sort of evolved in this area where we've never had a large number of applicants, and we did always have you know, companies asking us, you know, who can I hire? Um, we learned that it's, it's that desire that's golden, that it's, there's, a, a, there's an organization locally called the Hothouse that helps uh, startups get going, and they have a sign up on their wall I really like. It says it's the will, not the skill. And so that's what we look for in CodeSlow. We look for people who have the will. We'll teach them the skill.
0: That seems, Michael, to be a consistent theme in all of these shows is that's what we're looking for, that attitude, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Matt, when someone's sitting in the chair uh, opposite you thinking of coming to take one of these programs, what what's a question or two that you ask them that it gets the kind of answer where you can tell they've got the will?
2: So, a, a lot of it's motivation. You know, why why do you want to learn this? And what I'm hearing for is uh, is it, who's, who's, who's the boxer in Cinderella Man? Is it Braddock, James Braddock, I think? Um, he talks about—somebody asked him one time, what are you fighting for? And he said, milk. You know, he's, he's looking to feed his kids during the Depression, and that's why he would get in the boxing ring. So that's what I'm looking for from uh, for people. I want that strong motivation, either a real passion for technology or just a real passion to get in this career because they, they need it. You know, this, is how, this is how they're going to support their families. This is how they're going to get the lifestyle that they want. And, and I can just I can hear it in their voice and that that strong desire to get this done either through just because it's something they really enjoy or something that just feels
0: a really good path for them in life. And they didn't think they could turn this this hobby, this passion they have into a not only a career, but a, a well-paying career and one that's got a, a lot of upside for, you know, decades.
2: Sure. And it's not just hobbyists. I mean, we, we get people that are have, have very little background in programming, and that's part of what makes— or uh, the, the program that we helped um, Slope Partners develop is, you know, we started the absolute foundational skills. So, you know, we start with the idea that you have a laptop, that you know how to turn it on. Um, and other than that, we're going to show you what to do. And because we start with those basics, I think that's really the key of, of how we get so many successes. Because when your foundation strong, you're able to you know, to to build on that more easily, um, when you don't know what's why something's breaking because you have a weak foundation in the in the skills, that's going to really
0: limit your learning and increase the the length of the learning curve. I think I think also the fact that you lead a web development team is a big part of the success as well because you you know exactly what it's going to take and and you're and And through this partnership with slow partners, you know exactly what they need So all the pieces are fitting together for me. Paula i have got a question if you could um, We've got one point to make to convince the hiring manager who's listening to this show right now of a, a large company and why they should you know, take a chance on uh, this apprenticeship program? What would you tell them?
3: Well, I guess I would tell them that this is a, a new opportunity for them to explore different um, applicants with a great skill set. It's a new pipeline f- pipeline for them for their talent pool. It's not their typical maybe uh, computer science grad that they're hiring right out of school, but somebody that has a already a professional background, has that kind of... Um, Professional experience that they can bring to the table, as well as adding diversity to their um, to their team. Um, uh, our apprentices are from all walks of life, everything you can imagine, and you know have uh, experience that um, that not their normal new hire or entry level or mid level software developer, for example, might have. And so, it really helps them to add diversity to their ta- talent pipeline as well
0: and that they're also part of the program because part of the thing that's different here it's they're not just hiring the end product but you actually invite those employers into the early stages of the program so they start to meet these the apprentices as they're going through the program so they kind of follow them through we talked about that last season so I think that's also a, a really valuable ad for them so they they're more uh, invested if you will in the apprentice
3: yeah they'll have a lot of times the businesses have the opportunity to come early to the classes for example and meet the apprentices ahead of time so they can start thinking about you know where that person might fit in um, with their team and also just so they can plan ahead so uh, most companies you know they, they might plan a year or six months out some companies smaller might plan three months out for their hiring needs and their budgetary demands for that and so um, so having this kind of talent pool that's coming up and letting them you know see what's what's coming out of the apprentice cohort so they can plan and, and get excited about who they're going to hire for their next their next big hire for their team
0: I think that's a huge value add to this whole program is that at integration early on. And uh, as a result, I think that um, we're going to take unemployment and we're going to fix that problem here in slow. We've got lots of, how many, uh, curious. We
1: have underemployment. Open? Yeah, we, Not don't have we have,
3: Unemployment. There's lots of underemployment. Yeah, employment is great here. It's a little bit a bit of, a bit of underemployment. So, someone with a master's working in fast food or something like that is, is more of the issue here. How many open positions are there?
1: I think the hidden job market is also what is our bigger challenge in San Luis Obispo. That there are, you know, all kinds of um, job openings that you can look at on Indeed, but it's really the hidden job market where you need that soft introduction to someone and that if they see somebody really a strong, capable candidate, yeah, all of a sudden there is a job opening for it.
0: Interesting. I love that. I've not heard hidden job market before, so I like that. It's larger than what you would see looking
1: on Indeed of how many people are hiring in San Luis Obispo.
2: Sure. And everybody wants growth, right? As the the economy stays strong and everybody's companies are doing well, that creates a continuous demand for new positions. You can't grow without people to build your new products. Um, So that's that's kind of a a thing, too. You can't see by looking on Indeed is the growth that's going to happen over the next couple of
0: years. Well, I've, I'm encouraged if I were working HR in a large organization, I would want to absolutely um, get a hold of you guys. Now, how, um, Paul, if someone wants to, they're listening now and they want to talk to you and explore this, how do they get a hold of you?
3: Definitely. They can go to our website. There's a contact page there, and they can also shoot us an email at info at So those are probably the best ways to get a hold of us. Um, also, the San Luis Obispo County Office of Education, um, they can always call there and get a direct line to us.
0: Well, perfect. So Michael, Matt, Paula, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Hello Careers. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for listening. How will you bring this system to your community and say hello to new careers and goodbye to low-wage jobs? For more episodes, visit hellocareers.org or send us a note to podcast at hellocareers.org. We'd love to hear from you with questions or success stories of how apprenticeship is working in your region. Till next time, I'm Mark Sylvester with Hello Careers.